I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. You heard this news break just after I got off the air yesterday, about 3.30. Utah Congressman Ben McAdams, via a Zoom call with various members of Utah media and on these airwaves, uh, Ben McAdams offered his concession speech. As of Monday afternoon, uh, Owens was leading McAdams by 0.57%. The difference between the two candidates, 2,095. Now, that may seem uh, like not very many votes, but uh, with the knowledge of how many votes were outstanding, where those votes were coming from, uh, it is uh, an impossibility that McAdams would have been able to, Representative McAdams, respectfully, would be able to uh, close that gap. And the difference of 0.57%, uh, and if you if you were following closely uh, two years ago and four years ago, you know the importance of the the percentage dividing the candidates competing for a seat to represent Utah's fourth congressional district. Uh, the law of the land here in Utah is that a recount is possible. A recount is possible if if the percentage difference separating the two candidates is south of 0.25%, a quarter of one percentage point must separate the candidates for a recount to be triggered. That wasn't the case. It doesn't look like it's going to become the case. And so it was that uh, Ben McAdams yesterday reached out to first uh, Burgess Owens and then uh, made public his concession, making him uh, a one-term member of Congress. You may have heard this mentioned earlier on Dave and Dejanovic's program. The last time we saw a one-term congressperson was uh, when Utah, a portion of Utah, a congressional district within Utah, was represented by uh, Enid Green Mickelson. She served just uh, uh, one term. Uh, Her story, a fascinating and tragic one, if you have time to look that one up. Uh, But Ben McAdams now joined the ranks of uh, one-term congresspeople. And I... Well, I'll tell you what. I want to share with you some of my thoughts uh, on his concession, on his time in office, and what I hope for him in the future. But first, in case you weren't able to hear it, again, this uh, was just just under 24 hours ago uh, here on these airwaves, uh, Ben McAdams uh, offered his concession. Let me play for you a bit of it, and then I'll share with you some of my thoughts. I am honored to have served Utahns in the state legislature as the mayor of Salt Lake County and in Congress. I have done my best to thoughtfully and independently serve every citizen, regardless of their political party or where they reside. I'm very proud of the service that I and my office have provided, and I'm proud of all that's been accomplished over the past 12 years of public service for Utahns. During his remarks yesterday, he continued by saying that he's proud of what he did in Congress and what he did for Utah. I will continue working hard until the new Congress is sworn in, and I will do my part to ensure a smooth transition. And I commit to doing everything I can to making sure that Burgess Owens has what he needs to succeed 
for the benefit of Utahns. I will work hard to be a voice for hardworking Utah families, and I will continue to work to build coalitions and to heal our country in whatever capacity I may serve. You may have heard about halfway through that clip just there, he made reference to Burgess Owens and hoping for his success. Uh, because success for Burgess Owens, as you well know, and you've heard you know, this line touted many, many times, success for the elected official is also success uh, not only for Utah's 4th Congressional District, but for the nation. It kind of goes back to that. And listen, I'm speaking to the folks now who, who may have voted uh, for Ben McAdams. I'm reminded of that article that Boyd Matheson brought to our attention about praying for the pilot, that elections ultimately result in a winner. And that winner then is placed in the position of power. And regardless of what you feel uh, personally or politically or ideologically about that person, uh, they must, for the benefit of not only them uh, and yourself, but of your you know, fellow man, the other members of your community, the other folks that live in that congressional district, you ought to be rooting for their success. You ought to be rooting for the success of whoever is in office. And if you feel strongly enough about wanting someone else there, well, you're going to have an opportunity in two years or six years if we're talking about a senator or whatever the term may be. And so we root for the pilot. The analogy there is that you board an aircraft uh, not knowing who the pilot is, but it is their success on which your life depends. And so you root for the pilot. Another interesting portion of the press conference yesterday, which contained the concession speech of Ben McAdams, uh, he was asked a question by a Spanish-speaking news outlet, uh, and the question was about a divided Washington. Uh, It's about 26 seconds long. I want you to hear uh, Congressman McAdams responding in Spanish, and I'll I'll summarize in English when it's over. In tanto esto preocupado porque Washington is tan dividido, también... Soy muy optimista porque uh, conozco muchas personas, muchos representantes que quieren trabajar juntos, republicanos y demócratas, demócratas que quieren trabajar juntos para avanzar las soluciones, soluciones que nuestro país necesita. So the question was, uh, Ben McAdams was asked about you know, the divided nature of Washington today. Uh, McAdams, he agrees, yes, Washington is divided, but that he remains optimistic because he says there are Democrats and Republicans who both have a desire to bring to bear the solutions that are needed to fix uh, the broken Washington today. Uh, I, I share that with you because I, you know, you know how it goes. My my estimation is he may have picked up some Spanish as a, as a missionary back when. Uh, and I think it's, uh, anyway, it's, just, it's an admirable trait to maintain it and then to also speak to that sector of your constituency which speaks that language. It's just a cool thing. Uh, last, last bit I want to share with you from the concession uh, address yesterday by Ben McAdams. Uh, again, uh, he, he said earlier in the day he had reached out and spoken to Burgess Owens, uh, let him know that he was conceding, and now we have uh, Burgess Owens will be representing Utah's 4th Congressional District. And, in fact, uh, to wrap up the program today, uh, in about an hour and a half from right now, we will have here uh, on these airwaves Burgess Owens. We're going to talk about what's going on for him right now as he is quite literally going through freshman orientation in Washington, D.C. Anyway, uh, back to Ben McAdams. 
One of the final questions he was asked during the exchange yesterday was about his future. Now, remember, he's a he's a relatively young man, 45 years old. Uh, he has a, still a, a young family. Uh, and uh, what, what will happen next for him? What will he do uh, next? Sure, it's very early. Uh, but in response to that question, he had this to say. I haven't right now. Honestly, uh, there's a lot of work to do as we work through this transition. We have stuff we still want to accomplish uh, over the next six weeks as far as uh, people who have come to our office seeking help. And we're trying to get as much done as we can before the transition as, uh, as far as that casework that we do. And um, so my priority is on, on working hard through the end. He continued those comments, and one of the last words that he said, one of the last uh, thoughts that he conveyed was after uh, you know expressing the importance of resolving any constituent work that he had to do there, he also talked about his staff. And you know I, I don't know Ben McAdams, uh, personally, we, we haven't spent a lot of personal time together, and so I, you know, I am bashful to, you know, try to explain his emotions. But uh, if I were forced to to interpret, I would say he got choked up there at the end. Uh, when when he was talking about his staff, he said that one of the last things that he'll do before he shuts out the lights is that he will work on behalf of the staff who has supported him for so long, uh, so that they might uh, land on their feet when his term in Congress expires early January of 2021. I thought that was an admirable thing. Um, first off, because I used to be a staffer myself, I understand the anxiety that they're feeling right now. And number two, uh, I think as a leader to you know to vocally express uh, support for your team, for your supporters, for your subordinates, uh, I think is an admirable thing. And so I uh, applaud him for that. Uh, okay, so that's going to do it for uh, our look at McAdams. When we're gonna when we come back after the break, we're gonna be speaking with Mia Love, who used to represent Utah's fourth congressional district. How does she respond? Did, did did she predict this outcome? And what advice does she have for the newest representative to occupy a seat in Congress on behalf of Utah's fourth? Mia Love, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Utah's fourth congressional district has only existed for a relatively short amount of time. It came into existence formally on January 3rd, 2013, and was first represented by Jim Matheson, who uh, retired. And then uh, the seat was occupied by Mia Love, who joins us on the line now. Uh, Mia, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm pleased to speak with you as I am uh, every time you and I get a chance to chat. Uh, Big news for Utah's 4th Congressional District. I want to uh, let me just set the stage for the conversation I want to have with you. There are uh, there are really two individuals involved here. There is the outgoing Congressman Ben McAdams and there is the Mm -hmm. incoming uh, Congressman uh, elect Burgess Owens. Mm -hmm. You have mm-hmm. been in both of those circumstances. I want to start starting with Burgess Owens. Uh, I want to I want to hear from you some some advice you might give him as he right now I I presume is uh, engaged in some freshman orientation in Washington D.C. Right, and let me tell you that goes very quickly. Um, you you don't even realize how the simple things all of a sudden is a big deal, like picking out what rooms you're going to be in or where your office is going to be and and what that ordeal is. And then, of course, he has to very quickly make a decision about what type of committees he wants to be on. Um, And the advice I would give him is to seriously think about the needs of the district first. Um, There are people that will say, "Okay, I've got experiences in financial services or I've got experiences in the energy group or I have experiences in healthcare." You really I, I, I wasn't a banker, but I knew that Utah had at the time eight 
of the top 10 industrial um, loan companies in our state. We did a lot of state chartered banks, and there was a major need here to make sure that our state has access to credit. Um, because if you don't have access to credit, I mean, if you need you need capital for capitalism, right? right. So those were the types of things that I started focusing on. And I didn't have the experience. I just surrounded myself with as many people as possible that had that experience so I could serve my state. So there's a lot going on. Uh, your committee is going to be incredibly important because that's the best way you can serve your state. Uh, and your district, and also be aware that immigration, um, there are people here that, I mean, most of the casework that we did was on immigration, veteran work. There are so many things you want to do, but then there are also things that you really need to do, um, and it's not about you. It's about taking care of your district. So there's a lot going on, and it's a lot to think about in the short week or two of orientation. Here's an odd question, but what should constituents be looking forward? Uh, not not simply those who voted for uh, Mr. Owens, but even those who voted against. What 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 should the barometer for success in, in their eyes be as they look to Burgess Owens in these earliest stages of of his time representing? I think the the what the the number one thing that they should be looking for is um, communication access. Um, you want to the House of Representatives is a branch of government that is supposed to be closest to people. Um, when people say, hey, it, look, it's business. It's not personal. It, it's absolutely personal in, in in serving people. So you have to be able people have to feel like they can come to your office and that you can sympathize and do everything that you possibly can to help them. So I would say that that's what everyone should look for. Um, if you feel as if Burgess is at least accessible or people in his office are taking care of you and um, letting, making you feel like you are their priority. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, Lori Holt, actually, when the whole Josh Holt um, situation happened, she actually became one of my best friends. We communicated so much, and that became such a personal thing to me. And, um, you know, later losing her, it, 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 had, an, it had an impact. And, and I think that that's what people want in their representatives. They want somebody to feel like um, what's going on in their lives matter to you. Very good. Uh, and now let's talk about the other uh, gentleman involved in uh, the storyline today, and that is Ben McAdams. He, uh, come January, will uh, no longer be a member of Congress. He has now this uh, remainder of a lame duck session to, uh, you know, to to act on behalf of Utah's fourth district. Uh, what advice would you give to Ben McAdams as he departs Congress? Uh, you know that that's a really tough one. Um, it's your your life shifts quite a bit. Um, you know, you, it, it just, I, I think one of the things that um, I would say is to be grateful um, and, and know and, and realize it was such an honor um, to be chosen to serve. Um, that is, that is one of the, you, you can't get upset about that. You know, there is, there's nothing to be upset about. And this shouldn't be a job that someone needs. It should be um, a job that somebody has the capacity to, to do and is willing to do. And if you need the job, you shouldn't be in the job. So I would just say, um, you know, uh, do everything you possibly can to help um, in the transition, as we're talking about a presidential transition and what's going on. Be as helpful as you possibly can. And um, don't be upset about it and realize that this, that this is one of the greatest honors that very few people get to do. What was was Jim Matheson helpful in the in the transition when you, when you uh, became member of Congress? What a question! 
question. Um, <laughs> I am going to be gracious and say um, he was as helpful as I would have expected him to be. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I should have asked that one earlier. Uh, Mila, thank you so much for your time here on the air today. Thanks for your expertise and the wisdom you bring to this conversation. Uh, It's always a thrill, always a thrill to chat with you. I look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you, Lee. Talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Uh, in these few moments before a commercial break, I want to talk to you just real briefly about uh, something I remember reading a, a few years ago, written by uh, Lisa Rally Roche of the Deseret News. Uh, the headline was uh, something along the lines of Utah is ready to punch above its weight, uh, a reference to uh, boxers who fight in weight classes above their uh, above their own weight. And uh, it was true at the time. And, and things are different now. The The analogy was at the time of the article. There were many members of Utah's federal delegation occupying very lofty and powerful positions. There was uh, Rob Bishop, my former boss, serving as chairman of the House Committee on Natural Resources at the time when Jason Chaffetz was in Congress. He was serving as chairman of the House Committee on uh, Oversight and Government Reform uh, in the, on the Senate side when Orrin Hatch was still in Congress. That, that very same time, he was serving in a committee chairmanship, and there were others uh, on very prominent positions as well. And for Utah's relatively small size in terms of delegation, uh, we were occupying some very powerful roles. That came as a result of seniority. We now have two freshman uh, members of the House and Senator Romney in the midst of his first uh, term in office. Uh, we are a relatively young delegation, and we, if we are to return to that position of fighting above our weight, uh, we are going to have to uh, see see the the actions uh, of of our members right now uh, to see what positions they may be able to secure and how they position themselves uh, when the new Congress uh, commences. In January. Anyway, fascinating stuff. I, I told you later on in the program, about an hour from now, we will be joined by Burgess Owens. I wanted to talk to him now, uh, closer to, to me, love, but uh, the truth is he is in Washington, D.C. right now. And as you heard me mention, he's, this is no joke, it's freshman orientation. Yeah, just like when you went to college, uh, the incoming class, you got to learn the ropes. And that's what's happening right now in Washington. Quick break, and then when we return, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's future. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Earlier in the program, we walked through the concession speech, concession address delivered by Representative Ben McAdams, who until next year will represent Utah's 4th Congressional District until he is replaced by. Congressman-elect Burgess Owens, who joins me on the line now. Congressman-elect, sir, how are you? Very good. Thank you. We look forward to chatting with you, for sure. Tell me what you were up to today, exactly. Well, we're going through this orientation process, and uh, it's been a a very interesting process. I I, I tell you what I'm I'm getting, what I'm learning through uh, the first few days I've been here, is how unified the Republican Party is. Uh, We we came out of this pretty well, not losing a seat and, and gaining quite a few, I think 12, uh, that we flipped, but more importantly, uh, we see a, a, a we see a pathway to getting the majority by just giving our message out as clear about our country. We believe in it, 
and uh, uh, and, and our culture we we're fighting for and against the the, the hard left, the socialist left that uh, that really I think the, the American people uh, turned turned away from. So it's been a, a good experience just just feeling that uh, unity again. Can I say this one thing also? Please. Uh, and I said this once before, but uh, I, I played in Super Bowl 15, and I remember uh, sitting in the locker room just before going out and playing this the biggest game of my life, looking around the locker room after all these years of losing and seeing these great guys that I played against and respected so much. And I remember uh, thinking in my mind, I cannot believe I'm sitting here with these guys getting ready to go out and play this game. And, and I'll be honest, be honest with you, this is what I'm feeling here in, in, uh, in D.C. That I'm thankful for the Utahns for giving me this opportunity because I, it's, it's it's hard to believe I'm sitting here with all these great patriots, those who want to make sure our country stays on track, and we're here for the right reasons. And I just feel blessed to be part of that process and be be a member of this great team. So I'm looking forward to the to the, to the whole thing for sure. To continue the, the the football analogy a bit further, you sitting in the locker room of the 15th Super Bowl, uh, surrounded by some giants. Who uh, who as you have moved around the U.S. Capitol over the past few days, who have been the giants who have impressed you the most? <coughs> Well, Jim Jordan, for sure. Uh, uh, we have Ted, uh, Ted Cruz, of uh, heroes, of course, of mine. And we have a delegation here. We have John Curtis, and uh, uh, and then we have, of course, uh, you know, Blake just coming on board uh, at this point. And, uh, and it's just been a, a – and, of course, Chris, Chris Stewart, who's, who had played a big part in me beginning this process. I, I've been saying for years I never, ever would be a politician. And Chris pulled me aside after me telling him, him that about two or three times. He said, Burgess, just slow down and think through it a little bit. And I did that, and uh, and I realized it was, it was a win-win. That if it was meant to be, it would happen. If it wasn't, I would just continue to work with my kids. Uh, the nonprofit I started. Either way, I would be happy. So I'm just glad that, that I did make the decision because I've really come to fall in love with Utah even more than I had before. Just uh, traveling the district and getting a chance to to see the diversity we have. It's been a remarkable uh, journey for the last year for me. Uh, yesterday, there was a concession speech, uh, a concession address. Uh, delivered by uh, your opponent Ben McAdams, and it's it's no secret that the two of you went at each other pretty aggressively during the course of the campaign. Uh, he said something in his address that was uh, it, it was comforting to me. I was pleased to hear it, and it was that uh, it is his intention to work alongside you as you transition uh, into the seat which he has occupied for the past two years. Uh, have you had much con- communication other than that initial phone call with uh, Ben McAdams? And how do you how do you view and what do you predict to be your relationship with him over the next few uh, six weeks or so? First of all, we had a chance to have our talk. We, he missed me the first time. I missed him the second. We finally got together, and it was just a very classy conversation. I, I have so much respect for uh, the way uh, Ben has approached this. He, he made a point, very good point, that he really did enjoy uh, 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 servicing the district, and he was looking forward to making a, a very smooth transition. I, I mentioned I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to meet uh, each other before before the, start, the whole process started. But this is the way we do things, not only in Utah, but in our old American way, is we fight the battle, we fight hard, we, we, put, we, we present our, our, uh, our vision, and then let we the people decide. And it should be uh, in the way that we, we see that same end game, which is make sure our, our district and our country moves forward. We should be able to reach across the aisle and help each other uh, to, to, to make that transition well. So I'm excited about the process, and I'm just, uh, again, he's a, it's a very, very classic call that he made, and I just appreciate that big time. Very good. Uh, the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, as of 2020, all of its members are uh, of the Democratic Party. That hasn't always been the case. Uh, Karen Bass of California <laughs> is the chair of that caucus, has been the chair since 2019. Have you any, had any communication with Representative Bass, or do you have any views on the Congressional Black Caucus and a, and a possible uh, relationship with that caucus? 
Uh, no, I haven't had one, and I don't plan on it. Um, I, I, I have a different view. Uh, I think Americans, uh, we come together based on our, 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 our shared values. Uh, the black community I grew up in was one I was very proud of. Uh, matter of fact, it reminds me very much of the poly community here, very high on education, entrepreneurship, uh, love of country. Uh, we have a black caucus and NAACP to feel totally different about our country than I do. Uh, it has been their ideologies that make sure that our kids are not educated, that we have the highest abortion rate across in, in any, any other race, uh, job, job is, uh, opportunities are, are not a priority for them. So, no, I, I will, I will uh, coalesce and I will uh, work with those who have the same end game, which is to make sure our country and my race and every other race moves forward. The Black Caucus and NAACP will not be on that list. Thank you. Uh, part, part of your story includes a time working as a, a chimney sweep. And if I'm honest, I didn't even yeah. know that was a profession. I didn't even know that was a profession outside of like a Charles Dickens book. Uh, but, uh, well, Lee, I didn't either. Could, hey, Lee, I didn't either. Believe me beforehand. So. Did you, as you were engaged in you know, whatever it is, the work that the chimney sweep does, uh, did you ever imagine that from, from that humble circumstance that you would then, uh, just a few miles down the road via train, uh, that you would be, uh, that you would be a, a member of the United States Congress? I, I did. It was never a thought, and it was never a thought when I left the NFL to start a business that was at that time, almost 30-plus years ago, to, to work with at-risk kids. I never thought that business would fail. So for me to go through that process of losing everything and going to a chimney sweep, even though it was one of the toughest, most humbling periods of my life, I look back and it was one of, my, one of my most blessed times of my life. Because what I can now do very, very easily, very, very confidently, uh, when people say, uh, particularly young folks when I go to colleges, say, uh, you're very lucky you're an F- NFL player. I say, yes, I was very fortunate. But I'm talking to you now as a chimney sweep, a former chimney sweep. And if I can do it, you can do it. This country is a place of second chances. If you use the, the idea of meritocracy, uh, get away from entitlement, work hard, treat people right, uh, believe in a, in a God that will bless us if we do the right things, then you can do anything in this country, particularly if it's the goal to get to the middle class. So I'm thankful for that process. And this journey just is, a, is another way of ex- extending that message to particularly our young people, those who are having a rough time out there. If I can go from where I did, from starting off from scratch and, and, and now represent the great state of Utah as a congressman, if I can do that, you can do it. So, by the way, those nine words are the most powerful nine words that one American gives to another. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's, let's use that a lot more. Let's share our, our failures. Let's lean into it hard, the lessons we learn from it. And if we do that, we give other people hope. And that's really the, the purpose of us going through some, some of the ups and downs we go through in life. Congressman-elect Burgess Owens. Congratulations, and thank you for having this conversation with me. I look forward to many conversations with you in the future. Uh, my guest many has more. Been, many, that's the way. Very good. Many, uh, many, many more. That's Take the care, way. Buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Hey, Got to say goodbye. Uh, next up is going to be Jeff Kaplan as he brings you Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. Uh, but listen, before I go, uh, going back to that lesson that Boyd Matheson taught us, you pray for the pilot. Right now, we are in a circumstance where you may or may not have voted uh, for Burgess Owens, but he is in the seat right now, and so my invitation to you is pray for the pilot. Pray for the good of Utah's 4th Congressional District, and we'll be all right. That's it for me. Time to sign off. I'll see you tomorrow at 1230. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com 
or wherever you listen to podcasts.